Picture this. We're in Amsterdam in the 1950s, stepping into a teeny tiny little bar in the red light district. Squeeze in next to me. There's barely enough space to navigate around the pool table in the center, and the bar has just a few seats. If you look up, the ceiling is covered with long strips of fabric. They're men's neckties cut off underneath the knot. There's photographs all over the wall, and a light shaped like an owl is above the bar. Then someone in a trench coat walks in through the front door. The woman behind the bar pauses what she's doing and looks over at him. She is an imposing woman, muscular. Her motorcycle jacket and helmet are behind the bar with her. She squints a little at the newcomer, who won't make eye contact. Then she turns behind her and very casually turns on the owl-shaped light. Nobody else in the bar seems to react. But the truth is, everyone has noticed, because everybody knows what that owl-shaped light means. I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're visiting a little cafe with a big story, one that takes us from the Amsterdam of the 1920s to the Dutch resistance during World War II, and is today a landmark of LGBTQ plus history in Amsterdam. Hold on to your neckties, because we are visiting Café Mancha after this. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Today, if you walk up to Café Mancha in Amsterdam's red light district, you might have trouble seeing through the windows. That's because there are so many photographs on the outside. Photographs of one woman. Her name is Bet Van Buren. In one image, Bet is sitting on a motorcycle dressed head-to-toe in a leather riding outfit, with something between a scowl and a smirk on her face. I find that to be fascinating. There's so many contradictory elements about her. So I can tell you the facts, but I feel like the facts of her life fall far short of describing who she is. This is Elizabeth Gorman. She's a tour guide based in Amsterdam and founder of Badass Tours. Before she landed there in 2017, Elizabeth was working in theater in New York and writing about women's history. So when she first got to Amsterdam, a friend told her there was one place she needed to go, Café Mancha. 
Elizabeth visited and became obsessed with Bette, the woman in the photographs. And for a long time, Mancha was the first stop on her tours. I always refer to Mancha as the first gay bar in Amsterdam in the modern sense of the word. Like the modern sense of like, this is somewhere I can go to just sit and be with other people like me. That was Mancha. Bette was born in 1902 and grew up in a poor area of Amsterdam. At the time, there wasn't a lot of indoor plumbing and waste often ran right into the canals. Bette was the daughter of a bricklayer and was the oldest girl of 14 kids. She was taken out of school early to help care for the rest of the family. And to make a little extra money, she would take lunches her mom would cook and sell them around the city to workers. As part of this thing that she was doing, selling lunches, she decided to get a motorcycle. So she became the first woman in Amsterdam to get a motorcycle license. Bette became a fixture around town, and she was a real character. She'd be riding around on her motorcycle in her leather jacket, and on the back of her bike would be her flavor of the week girlfriend, clinging on for dear life. One frequent stop on these trips was her uncle's bar, which was located nearby in the red light district. She's always up for a joke. She's always up for a laugh. She was always like, she's just really a uh, charismatic and entertaining person. And so he had her start working behind the bar. When she was 25 years old, Bette took over the bar officially. It was renamed Café Mancha, the basket cafe, for the little basket that she would deliver lunches in. And Bette soon made sure that the bar was a really welcoming environment, particularly for the people of the red light district, like sex workers, sailors, and queer people, who were often targeted by the vice police at the time. They would collect photo books of suspected gay people. They would show those photo books to prospective employers, to landlords, to family members. They were on a campaign to find and out gay people and do it in a way to completely isolate them. So in that context, you can imagine how amazing it was to go somewhere where you could just be yourself. Bette was a really fun host. And she was also really protective of her clientele. Once a year in the Netherlands, there's this national holiday called Queen's Day, a kind of raucous citywide party. Bette would stand in the doorway and only let in the patrons that she knew. And under the guise of, oh, it's Queen's Day. We're all going crazy for Queen's Day. Men would dance with men, women would dance with women. You could come dressed over whatever gender suited you. That's how you could come dressed as. Being in a society where there's so much risk and you're so constantly under surveillance to have this one day where you can just dance with your partner that just feels so incredibly precious. Bette was still behind the bar in May of 1940 when Nazi Germany invaded the Netherlands. Amsterdam became an occupied zone. Bette pledged to help the Dutch resistance movement by opening up Mancha as a sort of way station. They would use Mancha to smuggle Jewish people out because it was easier to hide Jewish people in the countryside than it was in the cities. And they would also use Mancha to smuggle guns in. There is an apocryphal story that's become famous about Mancha at this time. Elizabeth says there are many different versions of the story, but these are the details that seem pretty consistent. One night, a Nazi officer came in and asked to search the building. Bette started surreptitiously stomping her feet, signaling to the people hiding in the basement 
that they should sneak out into the back courtyard of the bar while the inspection was going on. She took the officer downstairs and then back up. He asked to search the rest of the building. Bat tells him she's on his side and she invites him in for a drink. She then proceeds to drink him under the table because this woman could hold her liquor. And she then pours him out into the street. And not only did he not catch her with the guns and not catch the Jewish people who then later snuck back in, but he told everyone else that she's on our side and lay off her. (laughs) It's indicative of a lot about her. (laughs) She's a tough lady. After the war ended, the 1950s brought on a kind of double identity in Amsterdam. Elizabeth says, on one hand, some people in the city wanted things to go back to the way they thought they were before the war. And that meant retreating into more conservative gender roles. So the vice squad resumed their harassment of the bar. But on the other hand, people were obviously really glad that the war was over. And the city became a sort of nonstop party. Even as the vice police are ramping up, there's also a kind of, I don't know, wild joy happening at Mancha. Bet was still behind the bar, keeping people entertained, and also keeping them in line. If you remember all of those neckties tacked to the ceiling, she would cut people's ties off if she thought they were being too stodgy. <laughs> so she, it became kind of a running thing. And uh, during that time, especially, there were kind of wealthier men that were coming in, and they'd be like, no, 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 it's an expensive tie. And Bet would be like, I don't care. And she'd chop it off with a butcher knife. <laughs> So those ties are still there to this day. Bet also kept an eye out for her regulars, and they had a kind of secret signal or code word. If she saw anyone coming in who looked like an undercover cop, she would flick on the owl-shaped lamp hidden among all of the memorabilia. But in 1967, around 50 years after Bet first took over the bar, her long tenure came to an end. Bet, it seems like maybe didn't have a, a good end of her life. She died uh, of liver failure. It seems like it was drink-related. But at the same time, it does seem like she was celebrated and she was home at Mancha through the very end. Her wake was at Mancha and she was laid out on the pool table. <laughs> After Bet's death, Café de Mancha passed on to her sister, who kept it going for the next decade or so. But in the 1980s, she felt like the neighborhood was becoming too unsafe, and she decided to close Café de Mancha's doors for good. But she didn't sell it. She didn't do anything. It just kind of, like, stayed closed. Then in the summer of 1998, an event called the Gay Games came to Amsterdam. This was an LGBTQ plus sporting and cultural event that had started in San Francisco and moved to different host cities all around the world. When Amsterdam hosted, Mancha was briefly reopened to celebrate. And it was really kind of like heralded and people flocked to it and there was like all of this good feeling. And it kind of like, I think, gave people the idea of like, yeah, let's let's do this again. Bet's niece took over and restored the bar to exactly as it was when Bet ran it. She was the proprietor until just recently when it was bought by new owners. Elizabeth says their plan is to keep the bar open, and they're hoping to even create a museum out of Bet's living quarters upstairs. And today, Café de Mancha is a place Elizabeth still loves to take visitors. If you go, you'll see little signs of Bet everywhere. Her photos in the window, 
the neckties on the ceiling, even the owl lamp. I think she's special in that she's heroic. It's an, an act of heroism, not just to be so unabashedly yourself when people like you are getting arrested, you know, just for being, just for being queer. And then she's heroic for creating the community she did at Matcha. Cafe Mancha is open late afternoons and evenings, Tuesday through Sunday. And if you're in Amsterdam, check out Elizabeth's business, Badass Tours. There are walks focusing on women's history, LGBTQ plus history, BIPOC history, and Jewish history. Or you can request your own tour tailored to your interests if you get in touch with her online. We will post a link in our episode description. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes... Dylan Therese. Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Manolo Morales. Baudelaire. Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by... Luce Fleming. If you'd like to learn more about anything you heard today, check us out online at atlasobscura.com. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall, and I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.